episode number 26 of the Get Around Podcast, the most listened to sports podcast here in northern Michigan. Uh, in fact, our last episode of the, the boys' uh, prep basketball fantasy draft, huge listens, hit uh, 547 as of, uh, what, uh, 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Uh, thank you so much for coming back. If you have listened before, and welcome if you haven't listened before. If this is your first time uh, experiencing the uh, holy triumvirate of Jimmy James Cook, Barry Arturo, Brett Summers, and myself, your host, Brendan Queeley, uh, welcome in and uh, strap yourself in and, and enjoy the ride. Because we've got a good show for you here today. A little bit later on, we'll be joined by the power couple of Glen Lake High School, Cade Peterson and Ali Bonzalet, uh, talking about their uh, success so far in the basketball season. The uh, Glen Lake girls just won a regional championship, and the Glen Lake boys just won a district championship. They all get back into action very soon this week. Boys start on Monday. They're playing McBain. And the girls are going Tuesday. Uh, play Tuesday against St. Ignace. As always, we will induct another athlete into our Get Around Hall of Fame. Are we going multiple athletes again this week, or, or is it just one? Because I have like four or five athletes that I could throw out for nomination. I'm just putting up one. Okay, I've got three. Well, you have to pick one. Well, I'll put up three, and then I'll I'll pick I'll put I'll put three names up, and then I'll, and I'll just nominate, vote for one of and them. I'll nominate one of them. We'll wrap up the show then with Sports Movie Madness. Round two is in the books. We had to close it a little bit early. We're recording this on Saturday just because of everything that's going on Monday with the start of Boys Regionals. There was no way that we could possibly do a podcast and and cover the games all in that day. So here we are again recording a little bit early. But uh, you've got to love the dedication of the the two guys sitting by my side uh, coming in on a Saturday to, to do some work. And sacrificing time away from family. I'm sacrificing time away from dogs. I know more than likely they are either soiling the carpet of my apartment (laughs) or at least getting into the garbage. More than likely they're barking at squirrels in the tree and sleeping on my bed. Uh, But yeah, welcome in episode 26. A lot of good stuff going on. No more drafts for us. Brett, I know that breaks your heart. It does. I had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks doing the boys and girls fantasy drafts and uh, you know, clearly the, the audience enjoyed the segments. Um, they were more concerned about our discussion about chess club. That's what it was. Maybe. And spelling bee. Maybe. But, uh, you know, that, that was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun to do. And I, I look forward to the opportunity to do it again sometime down the line, although it'll probably be a little while. Now that we no longer have any drafts, we'll, we will get back to what was always the staple at the top of the show. And that is the pulse. So why don't we go ahead and check the heartbeat of the sports world. And right now that heartbeat is pumping with uh, prep basketball postseason action. And that includes the girls basketball side who just wrapped up the regional tournament. We had a four champion, four regional champions uh, on the girls side here in the in the local arena. And also the boys just had their, their districts wrapped up and a lot of surprises well, some surprises there, and uh, some that you kind of figured were, were going to go the way that they went. Why don't we go ahead and get started with the, the girls. Kingsley, after holding out uh, in a tough one over the, over the Sioux, 49-45 over Sault Ste. Marie, they went and took care of Big Rapids, uh, 56-39, to and they're going to end up playing Muskegon Oak Ridge on Tuesday at 7 p.m. in Cadillac. Kingsley came into that game against uh, Big Rapids. I mean, the, the game against 
Sault Ste. Marie was a completely different game, uh, more of a defensive-oriented game where Sioux is a very physical team. Uh, Big Rapids necessarily wasn't, and uh, and Kingsley kind of took advantage of that. Jumped out to a, or not an early lead, but uh, in that second quarter just started pulling away, and you could kind of tell that Big Rapids really wasn't going to be able to, to close that gap. I mean, Kelsey Buys just completely took their second-leading scorer out of the game left them uh, as a one-dimensional team with Jayla Strickland in the middle, um, who's a phenomenal player. But, uh, you know, having just one player try to go up against Kingsley is, is not going to cut it. Um, so that, that, I think that really played a big role in that game and making, making them just a one-dimensional team. And, you know, Kingsley again had, what, four players scored nine or ten points, a couple others with five, six in there. You know, Jalen Brumfield didn't have a particularly big game. She... I think she had nine. Like most of those came on free throws in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, so I, I think that just bodes well for uh, Kingsley in the future that uh, that they just continue getting these performances where they have a different person step up almost every day. Was it uh, heartening? Do you think for head coach Matt Shellick to see that they were able to pull out? Uh, a close win over the Sioux, and then in that same regard, the, how much do you think that the the game against Glen Lake helped prepare them for that? I think so, definitely. I mean, he he said that the the Sioux is a very physical team. Um, they had some good, some good size and and just was a very defensive oriented team. Um, so that was a, a a very different style, I think, than they had seen uh, for a lot of teams earlier this season. Um, and, and, it, and that's just another just seen another style really helps them. Um, you know, coming up in, in regionals, I mean, in the quarterfinals, you know, we'll see how well they, you know, they, they go back to a familiar gym at least. They played their, their regional final game in Cadillac, and for the quarterfinal, they go right back there. So there's a little bit of familiarity there. But, uh, you know, Muskegon Oak Ridge is a, is a pretty quality program. At this time of the year, how much do you rely on scouting reports, and how much do, you, do coaches rely on just saying, like, hey, play your own game? Like, is that kind of the message right now, play your own game more than – uh, we're going to go scout this team and try to uh, adjust what we're doing right now. Uh, I I think scouting I think does play a pretty big role. It depends on the coach, obviously. Um, but but Shellac had uh, Big Rapids scouted out and and knew that you know they didn't necessarily have anybody that could necessarily erase Jayla Strickland. I mean she's a six foot two center in the middle and very athletic. Uh, you know she could even bring the ball up court. Um, she helped them break the press a, a few times with with Kingsley, but uh, he knew he kind of had them scouted out and knew that if he took away their secondary scoring, that they just weren't the same team, and and that's what they that's what they targeted. Also, winning a, a regional championship on Friday was the Glen Lake girls. Uh, like I said, we'll be talking to Ali Bonzel a little bit later on, and she had the. Uh, well, it uh, probably started out to be the unfortunate assignment of trying to guard Elise Stuck, uh, one of the prolific scorers here in the state of Michigan, uh, but she turned that, uh, accepted that challenge and, and uh, really did a, a whale of a job holding the uh, the sophomore Raider to just five points, and she scored just her, her first and only field goal with, I think, two minutes left uh, in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, or No, it was I'm sorry, it was midway through. Uh, uh, the fourth quarter, but yeah, they won 66 to 35 um, for their second straight regional championship. They also beat Charlevoix last year, so that uh, trend uh, continues a little bit. They'll play Saint Ignis, who uh, Brett and you said that they uh, that was a team that they beat last year in the quarterfinals as well. You've seen Glen Lake play, and we talked about this because I went and saw the game 
against Charlevoix, but you've seen them play this year as well. Uh, talk a little bit more about Haley Helen, because one of the first things that I noticed shortly into that game, uh, she was the first one that, that kind of drew my eye, and I had to grab my roster and go, wait, who's number five? Yeah, Haley Helling, a freshman, 5'10", uh, great size, and uh, to go with it, and really um, a smoothness and maturity that you don't see a whole lot in freshmen. I mean, obviously she's starting on a quarterfinal team, and um, you know having to kind of be that key replacement for uh, Kelly Bunnick, uh, who graduated last year. Um, and she, she's handled that spectacularly. I mean, every time I see her play, I mean, not really once have I seen her get rattled or be phased by, uh, you know, the situations that she's in. And the, the incredible thing, too, for Glenn Lake, the, the, the benefit and dividends it, it pays and the fact that Helling is able to uh, kind of run the point at times is, you know, that frees up Savannah Poplinski to kind of get run off of screens and, and shift over and play the two and take a more prominent scoring role. Uh, at times, and I think it gives um, Glen, the Glen Lake lineup just a lot of uh, flexibility uh, and diversity to its offense to kind of attack however they need to. And, you know, going through um, their regional, I mean, I don't, I don't, we weren't expecting maybe quite such a big win over Charlevoix, but it ended up being kind of a cakewalk of a regional for Glen Lake. Um, so, you know, heading into this rematch from a year ago with uh, St. Ignis, you kind of got to feel like this is finally going to be the first time the Lakers get tested this postseason. And uh, obviously how they respond to that is going to determine whether or not they're Calvin College bound. Yeah, at the game against Charlevoix, Abby Cunningham got the first two points for the Raiders. Glen Lake went on to score the next 15. And 2-0, I was thinking, all right, you know, Charlevoix is coming to play, and then Helling walks down the court, calmly just makes her way to the wing, puts up a three, nothing but net, and I, I wouldn't say you could you could call it right there, but man, it, it really seemed early on that Charlevoix, I tweeted out that they were three steps ahead, and Brett, you tweeted back only three, and I was trying not to be too hyperbolic, and but yeah, they were probably about ten steps ahead of them, and it seemed that to be that way, but there were a couple points where I went, Oh, I'm, I'm not sure if I can count out Charlevoix because I saw him come back against St. Francis down 13 with uh, a minute 13 to go or, or something like that, that incredible comeback that they had uh, when I showed up for the final 73 seconds of that game. Um, but every time that I'm like, oh, Charlevoix is getting something going, Glen Lake would just go, nah, this is ours. We got it. We'll take it from here. What, yeah. was, what was it that Glen Lake was doing that got stuck into such big foul trouble early? Were they were they going at her and, and intending to do that, or was it just uh, just something that just kind of came about? I don't know if they were intending to, but they were intending to play a very physical brand of of, of defense against her. Mm-hmm. And uh, what that did is it, it got into her head a little bit. It got to her both physically and mentally because she was getting banged around, and she wasn't getting the calls that she was hoping to get, and she wasn't making the shots. I She put up a couple of air balls, and I'm not sure if I've ever seen the least stuck at least not draw iron when she put up a shot. But the, the Glen Lake fans were chanting air ball a couple of times after some of her shots, and it was just uh, it was really surprising. Fortunately for her, she's a sophomore, so she's got two more years uh, to go at it. 
and uh, you know it, that wasn't the end of, of her career, which is already off to a you know to a red hot start. Other two teams that we have left that have won regional championships: Gaylord St. Mary. They beat Cedarville sixty-one to fifty-one behind a career game from Avery Bebel. She scored twenty-six points in that one. They'll play Chassel Tuesday, six p.m. at the Sioux. Uh, and then Bel Air defeated Rogers City in what has to be uh, an instant classic here in northern Michigan, 46-43 to in double overtime. Uh, and that's, that's Bel Air's first regional championship in program history, so big congrats to the Eagles. I spoke with uh, head coach Brad Fisher, and um, he was very excited, uh, to say the least. You know, said the, uh, the, the screaming and the excitedness after the game was unlike anything he'd seen from his team before and you know the thing about that Roger City team I, I I have not gotten to see her play but I've heard from others Taylor Fleming for Roger City is a pretty phenomenal player in her own right and um, Mallory Meeker drew that defensive assignment and spell her name Brett here no, we go we've got it it's right not now the spelling bee today we are all right fine but just know that one's on the M-A-L-O-R-I-E. list M-A-L-O-R-I-E that is how you spell Mallory. And uh, held her to four points. Um, and, you know, she was, uh, or, excuse me, uh, Fleming was putting up, you know, at least stuck type numbers through the first three games of the playoffs. I think she had been averaging like 27 and 15. Um, so, uh, you know, just that's a, that's a huge win for Bel Air for sure. So, yeah, looking at those two players, looking at Fleming, looking at Stuck, players who can on any given night drop 30 can drop 40 combined for nine points in their two respective uh, regional championship games uh, and, and really you do just have to again give credit where credit is due and the old adage holding true defense wins championships and that seems to be the case if you can stop the other team from scoring all you got to do is score a little bit to win so we've got four teams left how are we feeling about all four of these making it to Calvin College? Which of the four has the best shot? Do all four of them have a legitimate shot? Butler, I think, has the toughest road, at least in the immediate. Yeah, no, doubt, immediate, no doubt about that. They've number got one ranked, Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. Heart. Yeah, that's that, that's a pretty darn tough uh, matchup. You know, I don't I don't know much about Chassel. Uh, their record is extraordinary, twenty four and one. But uh, but we do that, we do know, know Gaylord St. Mary a little bit, and uh, they're a very talented bunch. Yeah, and they're not just a one-person team. I mean, you know, they've got scoring coming from, from multiple places. Uh, they play excellent defense. It's uh, we talked about this either on last week's show or we talked about it on the prep postseason um, special. They don't look like world beaters, but they sure as hell play like world beaters. That's I, I can't say enough about that team and how they really drive the other team to play as hard as they can. Uh, that there is no taking plays off, and that's I think that's what you want as a coach. You want a team that is going to say, "All right, we'll play you. Let's let's go, but see if you can keep up." And so far, most teams haven't been able to. The only one that did was we mentioned was Claire at the beginning of the season, and that game literally could have been three seasons ago for this team because it doesn't matter. It it, it matters that little to this team. Gaylord St. Mary. I mean, they throw a they throw a full court press at you from time to time, and then. When they're not throwing a full-court press, they also throw in a, a half-court trap where the guards will extend on, in the half-court defense, and they will force so many turnovers off of that and get so many easy scores. Well, I was just going to jump to, to Glen Lake and Kingsley and you know say that you know I think their odds are probably 
tops among the four. Um, I don't know if I would say Kingsley or Glen Lake is higher than the other, uh, but you know, with Glen Lake, you've got a familiar foe in St. Ignace, who they beat in the quarterfinal round last year. So I would think they're going to have a lot of confidence, and obviously they're playing tremendous basketball right now. So um, you know, history and. Uh, current level of play there's no reason they can't win on Tuesday and Kingsley I mean they're undefeated number one team in class B for a reason Um, nobody so far has been able to crack that balanced formula that Kingsley has the fact that if they do need a player to score 25 they're there and uh, it could happen so I, I mean I really like both the chances for both those squads to to win one more game and and push it to that final final destination all right, let's just take a quick straw poll. Kingsley, they went on Tuesday. Yes. I think so. Yes. Glen Lake, they win. Yes. I really, Yeah, I really like their chances. Yes, Gaylord St. Mary. That's really hard yes. because they're playing this team that, until the other day, I'd never even heard of before. Um, Based on me seeing them play, I go, yeah. So. Yeah, I go, yes, too. Um, Can I give know, a maybe? <laughs> Probably. I, <laughs> I actually, I have not, I'm the only one of the three of us who hasn't seen Gaylord St. Mary play this year, so I haven't seen him play, and I've never heard of the school they're playing, so I kind of don't have any... Uh, yeah, even if, I, I if can't, you said anything at all, it wouldn't matter, right, basically. Pretty much. Yep. So I'm just going to abstain from this particular straw. And then Bel Air, like you said, they've got the toughest one, Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. Do the Eagles have an upset in them? Don't get me wrong, I would like to think that all four of the teams in our coverage area could go, but... I mean, if I'm going to place a bet here, I'm I'm going to go with a no. Yeah, I would say of the four that they're the the probably the least likely to keep going just based on the matchup. I mean, that you got the number one team in the state that they're playing hasn't lost a game all year, um, but you know I don't necessarily see that going on. But uh, that you know, that said, yeah, but they, you never know if, if they could pull off that upset against number one. I mean, not only does that give them a ton of momentum going into the semifinals, but from a little bit of a selfish side, I mean, for us to have four teams make it to the state semifinals in the same season, I think that would be pretty much unprecedented. Uh, James, you've been here a lot longer than I have. Is there anything in your memory to to put that number of of local teams that deep into the postseason? I don't ever remember more than two girls teams in the same year being in the Final Four. And and that was fairly recently when you had... Uh, Glen Lake and St. Francis. Well, Bel Air, if you need a little bit of bulletin board material, you can thank the three of us right now because I I hear as well, I'm going to say that Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart is is going to win that game. I think Kingsley, Glen Lake, and Gaylord St. Mary all get the job done. And, of course, you got to be rooting for a Bel Air upset just because uh, they're in our coverage area. And that would what put put the Snowbirds and the Eagles uh, against each other for the third time this season, right? That would be... Spectacular. That that would make sense based on they would not meet each other until the state final. Oh, see, so even better, right? If we had let's two get an teams, all Northern Michigan state championship game in Class D, that would be something. Come I don't on, know. Eagles! Come on, Snowbirds! I can't imagine that's ever happened up here. That all we've right. had two local teams play each other in the state championship game. Yeah, I just I didn't think there was any I, way that's that's how the bracket shaped up, but that uh, yeah, that would be super cool. So all three of us, while we're not picking Bel Air to win, we're all rooting for Bel Air to win. Moving over to the boys' side of the tournament bracket, boys' districts wrapping up. Traverse City West winning one for the thumb 
on Friday, going through Petoskey on Wednesday, and then beating Gaylord 65-51, to uh, winning their fifth consecutive district championship. We had uh, we had Miggy Barrels, Miguans Barrientos, in here last week, and he said that they wanted Petoskey out of the Petoskey Central matchup in the first round. They wanted Petoskey. They got Petoskey. And they, they did what they couldn't do in the regular season, which was uh, beat the, the Northmen. Another a, very close game. James, you covered the West Gaylord game, saw them win the championship. You saw Ryan Hayes have himself another, uh, another big night, 29 points. What is, the, what is the difference and what are the similarities from last year's West team to this year's West team? Especially now, at this point in the postseason, not so much about the regular season, but at this point last year in the postseason, I, I think one of the the differences is that, that Hayes has even stepped up his game another notch. I mean, he had twenty nine in that game, twenty one of those was by half, and you could sense at halftime that that Gaylord was not going to be able to to match that in the first half. I mean, Hayes just took control of that game. He had I think twenty one of his twenty nine by halftime, and. They just uh, they just couldn't handle him inside. I mean, and Gaylord has good size. I mean, uh, Kapinski six seven, uh, Charbonneau is six four, and a, and another pretty legit player who is somebody that both of us were thinking about later in the draft too. But they just they just couldn't stop Hayes inside. Um, and even at halftime, uh, Hayes said that uh, the coach got on him for his defense because I think Kapinski had like ten at halftime or something. And then uh, and then they kind of shut him down from then. I don't think Kapinski scored a bucket in the second half. Brett, you had mentioned Ryan Hayes and uh, Miggy as possible candidates for Player of the Year when we were discussing this in the office the other night. We were trying to, Brett, you and I really couldn't come to a consensus of who we thought was, at this point, the runaway favorite for Player of the Year, but you suggested both Hayes and Barrientos as legit candidates. Yeah, I do think they're both legit candidates. Um, the th- they they play a fantastic one two game where on any given night one will be the one guy and the other will will be the two and and vice versa and um you know if if Hayes scores 30 and and Miggy scores 10 or 12 that's fine and they they'll get the W and if Miggy scores 30 and Hayes only scores 10 like I think that was the case in the uh Podoski game in the district um, you know that's that's fine as well. I, I'm going to be curious to see what their final numbers on the year shake out to be. You know we haven't seen the hard numbers really from any of these kids throughout the area yet. And while statistics certainly are not the end all be all in the determination for who a player of the year is, in the case of the boys race this season, there are so many really great players, uh, but none that has separated himself from the rest of the field that I think there will come a point when we finally put all this together in our all-region teams where we're at least going to have to look at the numbers a little bit just because they're so close that it might be numbers that you know give an edge to one player over another. But, yeah, I certainly think Hayes and Barrientos, the way that they've played at times this season, are candidates at the very least. In Class B, we've got Boyne City taking on Ludington uh, to start the regional on Monday at Petoskey at 6 o'clock. But the most interesting matchup, I think, is got to be in Class C as we see Glen Lake uh, going up against McBain. Glen Lake beat Traverse City St. Francis 61-33. to Brett, you were at that game. That, that, does that score, that final score surprise you a lot? 
61 to 33. Well, the fact that it was 23 to 20, 21 at halftime, it surprises me a little bit. Uh, but first, I, you know, I want to talk that that district in general. Um, you know, it was Glen Lake and Manton, Traverse City, St. Francis, and Grand Traverse Academy. And well, I think you know we all knew that was a really tough draw for GTA. Those other three teams are all very good, um, and I think as far as boys go, that was the toughest district um, of any that we had uh, a team playing in. Three conference champions. Yes. In a single. In yes. A single. The Lake district. Michigan conference champion, the Co Highland champion, and the Co uh, Northwest conference champs. And you probably don't see that a lot. No, probably not. And and Glen Lake, I don't know what it says about what they can do in regionals and or beyond regionals, but for them to dominate Manton and St. Francis the way that they did, at the very least, is very impressive. So yeah, last night, 23-21 at halftime, Glen Lake comes out and scores the first 20 in the third quarter. I started off with... Uh, Xander Okerlund, he only had three points in the first half. Coach Rich Ruelas uh, said that he talked to Xander at halftime and that Xander was, you know, kind of upset with the way that he played. And, uh, you know, he came out, he hit a three with a hand in his face from the corner to start that 20-0 run. And on the very next possession, he came down, pinned his guy on the block and got a got a quick basket. And, you know, he said after the game that it was just really nice to see the ball go through the hoop. And I think not only did that first five points take the pressure off of him after a tough first half, it took off any pressure that any of his teammates were feeling. I think that 20-0 to run, no one player accounted for more than six of those points. The ball was moving, the shots were falling, and St. Francis had, had had no shot. Uh, the way it, I mean, they couldn't make shots, and Coach Sean Finnegan called a couple of timeouts. He told me after the game, you know, he tried to stop the bleeding, and it just it wouldn't. And uh, yeah, I think there was a point with about four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter uh, when Ruelas finally took his starters off the floor, and to that point in the second half, the score was thirty-six to five. So they're going to be going up against McBain. A team they beat fifty to thirty-seven on February twenty-seventh. So just uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they got a, another legit shot at, at beating that team. I'd have to I'd have to think so, right? Certainly. The one thing I would say though is I I believe that that loss for McBain came in a little bit of a a hiccup in their regular season. They had lost to Manton, they lost to Glen Lake, and there was another game. Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt. Frankfurt. We keep forgetting that, about Frankfurt. Yeah, They're that, the one that snapped that 50 that, game win that streak. They, uh, that they kind of dropped all in that same time frame. Well, since then, they've gotten back to their winning ways, obviously gotten through uh, the districts unscathed. So, you know, maybe you're not catching McBain uh, in the same frame of mind as they were uh, when they beat them the first time. That said... Glen Lake certainly has the firepower. Uh, I mean, Reese Hazelton uh, led the team with 19 against St. Francis. Cade Peterson had 17. Okerlund had 14. Glen Lake's got to be feeling like uh, this isn't the the start of the postseason for them. They have to feel like we've been in the postseason for a while with the quality of teams they've seen that they're going to see in these first three games. Manton, St. Francis, and then McBain. Those are teams that you play on your way to... Like from yeah, the, that's from, like that's, that's like the, regional semifinal, regional title, 
quarterfinal and you're at Breslin, basically. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not game one of the playoffs, games one, two, and three of the playoffs. It doesn't it doesn't seem to be the case. Um, but uh, also in Class C, Elk Rapids, they won a district uh, title. They'll play uh, Whitmore Prescott. That's also coming up on Monday. Uh, and if Elk Rapids and Glen Lake both get by their opponents, uh, they will meet up in the in the regional finals. Class D, this is we talked about um, the the biggest game coming up in the regional, but the biggest surprise in the district was what Sutton's Bay did to Frankfurt. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that Frankfurt won't play basketball again this season. Doesn't that does that seem odd to either of you guys to be like, oh, yeah, they're done. Rogers done. Loney done. I, I'm as stunned as the guy who called into our office last night needing to verify that fact because he thought everyone was lying to him. That would be Frankfurt uh, baseball coach Mike Zimmerman. Called him up and said, hey, uh, is this true? And I went, yeah. He's like, what was the score? 45? And then I read him the other s- scores. The fact that Frankfurt defeated Sutton's Bay 65 80- to 37. Yeah, that was the close one. And then 88 to 44 in the other. And yet... That doesn't mean shit now. Nothing at all. You look at you you look at that and go, wow, the regular season really doesn't matter at all because this is the second year in a row that Sutton's Bay has ended a promising season for the Frankfurt Panthers. Last year it was even closer. It was fifty nine to fifty seven. This year forty five forty two. And I watched uh, on Twitter someone had posted the video of the last two seconds of that game and. Uh, amidst the celebration on the Sutton's Bay side, um, it was the video was actually taken uh, right behind the the Frankfurt players bench, and man, they just uh, those Frankfurt players uh, they were I would say almost emotionless. They were it wasn't they were in shock. Yeah, they were in shock. Stunned. They, yeah, absolutely. Because you said it on the radio, Brett. Does Suttons Bay have I a did. chance? I did. I, what was your answer? I went on thirteen ten the 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 score with uh, Brian Hale and Matt Mansfield um, Friday morning, and you know they were running. I think that's our first plug for them. They were, even though they've plugged us <laughs> countless times. Yeah, they were they were running down the districts with me, and and they said, well, what about Suttons Bay against Frankfurt? You know that Suttons Bay beat. Uh, you know, upset the Panthers last year, and I I said, well, that that's exactly why it won't happen again, because. You know, Frankfurt has learned from that mistake. They're not going to be overlooking Sutton's Bay. They absolutely dominated the Norsemen uh, the previous two times they played them. I, I think my words were Sutton's Bay has no chance to win that game. They didn't have any business winning that game. I, th- this is no, you know, no offense to head coach Ron Anderson or Thomas Hersey or, or Garrett Shanonquet or Garrett Keith or anybody else on that team, but you guys didn't have any business winning that game. Frankfurt was the better team. You guys were the better team on on Friday night. You clearly you wanted it more, and that's what happened. You went out there and took it. It wasn't your game to win, but you went out and took it anyway. For the second time, that's a, that's the thing I can't almost wrap my head around. Is that this happened in back to back years? I thought just like you that Frankfurt, there's no way they can come into this game feeling confident after what happened last year and, and just wanting to come out and take control of this game right from the get-go and tell Sutton's Bay there's no way you're going to win this game. But it started out 12-2. to two. Sutton's it's, Bay was up 12-2. to two, Frankfurt right scored four points in the first quarter. 
Through eight minutes, they had four points. So I, I know it's probably not going to equate to what what those Panthers are feeling right now, Brendan, but I'm going to direct this question at you because oh, man. I, think you, I don't like where this is I going. Think, I think you wrote a column earlier this year about how you felt Frankfurt was a team of destiny, that they were 2018's Buckley of last year. So what, I mean, after feeling that way and seeing them so many times throughout the season, to have it end the way that it did, what kind of feeling does that give you? Well, first of all, I'll say there's you know there's a first time for everything, and this is the first time I've been wrong, um, and it's <laughs> it's it's been shocking to me. I don't really know how to how to deal with it. I've uh, had a lot of trouble sleeping lately, uh, questioning decisions that I've made in my entire life. Like, have there been other times where I've been wrong? And I go, no, 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 Brendan, you're always right. It's <laughs> This this is it's an, it's an aberration. Hashtag smartass. It's uh, you know, no you, yeah you've. It's it, you're you're gonna be okay, Brendan. It's fine. You, you you'll be you'll be right soon again. And but yeah, I don't. I saw that. I saw James. You you shot us a text said uh, Sutton's Bay up twelve to two, and I was like, okay, like, and. Yeah, I wasn't concerned yet. <laughs> I, I was and, not, I had no concern at all at that point. And, but the questions that I have for Reggie Manville are, uh, I just, how? How did that happen? I, I, I would say that, yes, I wrote that article, uh, or I wrote that column saying that they were a team of destiny because the games that I went to felt like felt just like I, at Buckley last year when I was watching when I was following the Bears. It felt just like that. And I think what really hurt Frankfurt was not winning the Northwest Conference. I think that they probably maybe bought into my hype and read the things that I had written and had pretty much I had coronated them as Northwest Conference champions before the Northwest Conference before the conference season was was over but I was like yeah they're you know they're the team playing the best right now and uh that loss to Glen Lake I bet really hurt them I I you, you we talked to Kate Peterson uh before uh, we recorded this and you asked him about uh, sharing the Northwest Conference title, and he didn't seem too taken aback or didn't really care too much about that. He was like, yeah, it's, it's whatever. But when we talked to Jalen and Matt, they you know, they were like, God, time for the Northwest Conference to be like, I don't know, kissing your sister or something like that. Like, nobody wants that. Um, I mean, I don't know. Probably right. Nobody wants. Nobody wants to kiss their sister. No, right. no, no. Cousin, <laughs> second cousin. <clears throat> so I don't know. I I am. I have not yet wrapped my head around the fact that one, I was wrong. Doesn't make any sense. And two, that they're not playing basketball anymore. That that's it. I think they've got to be uh, uh, the competitors on that team. They've got to be grieving right now. I'm sure that they are really just kind of walking around. Um, almost like ghosts. Somewhere in the back of uh, Coach Zimmerman's head, though, he's like, yes, <laughs> these guys can start swinging bats and throwing baseballs because we're ranked number one in the state in the preseason poll, and we need to back that up. I, was, I have these guys miss a lot of time. <laughs> I was wondering why when I told him the final score, he's like, okay, hold on a little bit, hold, hold on for a second. And then I heard like muffled in the background, like a lot of cheers and celebrations. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought maybe it was just like some sort of um, interference with the phone, but I guess that makes sense now. 
So Suns Bay moving on. They are going to play Hillman, third-ranked, uh, undefeated. That's Monday at uh, Traverse City Central. Tip-off is 745. Other Class D winners. Buckley beat Bear Lake in the Brethren Bobcats. Boom. Boom. <laughs> By a lot. <laughs> By a lot. <laughs> Boom goes the dynamite. By bunches. So s- speaking of Buckley, we were just talking about them and I, how I followed them last year, and... That was the first. I went and I covered the Bear Lake game, and a couple of things. That's the Buckley that I remember watching last year, and two, Ridge Beeman proved to me once again that he's the best defender uh, in northern Michigan. I don't care what class you put him in. Now, I don't care if you put him on Foster Lawyer or anybody from Class A to Class D. Uh, Ridge Beeman's going to shut you down, um, and uh, he, you, you may get some of your points off him, but he's going to make you work for every last one of them. The other thing that was I, I wanted to write a column about this but never got a chance uh, a chance to, but... Uh, I was really struck by the honesty that I got from the Buckley players and coaches after I talked to them after that win, um, especially Denver Cade, uh, talking about how they had been selfish at points throughout the season, had been playing for themselves and not for their teammates, and how they had a few team meetings throughout the season to try to fix that problem. It looked like all it took was getting to the postseason and that the realization that, hey, if we don't pull our heads out of our asses right now, then we're not going back to the Breslin. We're going home. And uh, I, I imagine that kind of flipped the switch, changed their, you know, um, their psyche a little bit in terms of approaching the game. Because, But it, head coach Blair Moss, this is the same thing. He's like, you know, watching them play in the summer, they were playing for each other. The passing was there. Everything was perfect. And he, he said to me, he's like, I thought it was going to be a special season. And then we got in here, and um, and he's like, and, and he even said, he's like, who are these guys? They were unrecognizable to him at certain points in the season. He didn't understand it. Um, and saying things like, yeah, they weren't passing the ball. They weren't sharing the ball. They were playing one-on-one. They thought it was them against the other team and not the team uh, together against against the other team. And you you got to think that Buckley has has snapped out of that and, and – uh, you got to consider them a, a favorite now to get to the uh, Breslin Center again. So, again, a lot of great action coming up this week. Uh, regionals for the boys, quarterfinals for the girls, quarterfinals and semifinals, correct? Yeah, the quarterfinals will be on Tuesday, and then the semifinals, depending on what class you're in, will be Thursday and Friday. Yeah, getting down to the to the end of the season here, at the, the nitty-gritty uh, at the end of the basketball season. So a lot of good things uh, to look forward to. Two of those players who are still continuing on here in the postseason, of course, both from Glen Lake, Glen Lake's Kate Peterson and Glen Lake's Ali Bonzalette. They joined us in the studio for an interview. Let's go ahead and take a listen to that right now. It is our pleasure now to welcome in the power couple of Glen Lake High School, Kate Peterson and Ali Bonzalet. Why not Bonzalet? Isn't it? It's, I'm assuming it's French, right? Yes, yeah, French. So it was probably pronounced Bonzalet, and then you got to America, and they're like, no, it's, it's Bonzalet. It yeah, I decided to change it. <laughs> Make it easier. Thank you both for uh, coming on. I really appreciate it. And also, congratulations, one on the uh, Ali to you, a regional championship, and Kate to you, a district championship. Thank you. Was that how you guys kind of, I don't want to do like page six here or Us Weekly or Tiger Beat or whatever the hell you kids read nowadays. Um, so was it was it basketball that brought you two together or? Uh, no, I 
Well, uh, when we came up here before football season, uh, before my junior year, just like meeting friends, I was going around meeting everyone. Uh, Duke was kind of taking me around because uh, that's the only person I knew. And pants wearing was, Gary's son, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he probably doesn't get that reference. That's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, and just meeting people and so, yeah, and being through school and sports and everything. So. It's so cute how she's looking at you right now while you're talking. <laughs> she's just like, oh. See, <laughs> messing it up. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what has it uh, been like, uh, you know, one, being in a relationship and also sharing athletics? It's been exciting because once uh, I finish my sporting event, I know that I can go to the next day, go to his, and see everything. So I can watch him play, and then he'll come watch me play. So it's like cheering me on. Helps a lot. That's kind of one of the cool things about the Northwest Conference is that the games are staggered on different nights mm-hmm. instead of being doubleheaders. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Even though she had, like, went to the present last year, she thinks she can, you know, take me off. She's like, oh, I'll take you one-on-one and everything <laughs> like that. So she gets a little overconfident sometimes. She's scrappy. She <laughs> put the clamps down on Elise Stuck the other night. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, she, she, could lo- she could lock you down. So. I was there. I have to go 1v1 sometime then. <laughs> so... What has this uh, this season been like for you, Uh, Cade? I'll start with you. The Northwest Conference uh, has just been for the top three teams, and now we saw what happened to Frankfurt uh, on Friday, losing to Sutton Spain, going out early. But playing in the Northwest Conference this season, what has that been like? It's been honestly just amazing because the atmospheres that we had, and especially those games, and you know nothing against the other teams in our conference, but the games where we played Buckley, Frankfurt, both home and away, they. uh, it was just kind of electric in those gyms because no matter where we were playing, there was always uh, support everywhere we went. And, you know, it's awesome because it's always a game of runs when you play against those teams. You know, Buckley make a run, Glen Lake make a run, Frankfurt make a run. And, you know, the crowd gets so into it and you have to channel your emotions, but sometimes you're just, like, taking it all in. You're just like, this is just awesome because, you know, you got a whole community behind you, so... Kind of a bitter taste, though, to have to share the conference championship three ways, or do you not look at it that way? I mean, to a certain extent, yeah. We're still going to have that number up on the banner, and that's awesome to have that forever. Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. I've never really had been a part of a team with like a three-way tie for first place, but I think it goes to show how like diverse the competition was and how like matchups played a huge difference you know in uh each game you know Buckley for some reason they just had us dialed down this year and you know they got the job done and we did that with Frankfurt Frankfurt did that with them and it's just interesting because it shows how you know how well teams can play and in this you know northern Michigan I think it gets overlooked sometimes. Allie who has a better chance of winning a state title your team or Cade's team? Um the girls. <laughs> Just kidding. I would say it's pretty even. Really? We all think that it's the girls' team that has a better shot. No offense <laughs> to you at all. <laughs> Not taking offense to it. Do you feel that this is a special season uh, for the girls? Yeah, I think it's really special. After losing Sarah and Kelly, we know we had to work hard. So freshmen such as Haley and sophomore Kerrigan had to really step up. So it came down to all heart. So this season, winning against St. Ignace will be who wants it more. No disrespect to the this couple of girls that you, that you just mentioned from last year's team but Brennan and I were talking the other night and I said after watching you guys it never looks like you miss those guys out on the floor girls. you're gonna be that picky <laughs> say fine like, gals ladies fine 
<laughs> continue. I'll just say continue. Um, see, you totally threw me off now. Um, what he was asking: how, how have you how have you been able to to do that as a team to to make it look so uh, effortless to transition? You know, with those two key losses from last year. Well, they were really positive, so we had to make sure that everyone on the bench, whether they're playing or not, keeps up their positivity. And it was also important to like improve our defense because that's a big factor because defense wins games. So we focused on that a lot in order to go as far as we have. What about the short celebration the other night? I wrote about this. I saw it. I, I took the video of it. Why were you guys so quick to be like, yeah, this is awesome, and then like, all right, cool, we're, we're ready to go? Because um, we know we had to work hard, so as soon as we celebrated it, we had a next team, another team to play. We had St. Ignis, and they aren't going to be that easy, so we needed to focus on it because it's a business trip for us, as our team says. It was a business trip. Yes. No pleasure at all. <laughs> a little bit, but <laughs> then back the to business. Seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so you played, you played in the Final Four last year, obviously. Uh, what, what is your opinion of the move of the Final Four venue for the girls to Calvin College? I was kind of skeptical at first, but then I looked up Kelvin, and it's really nice. So it'll still be the same atmosphere, I would say. A lot of um, community awesome. members, yeah, community mm. members coming in to support us. So hopefully, we make it there. Mm. But I mean, Breslin's a cool venue and all, but it, but it's you know, just a huge venue, yeah. and a high school game's only going to bring so many people in there. So it just always kind of seemed cavernous and mostly empty. Yeah, we said for boys uh, or girls games. Yeah, some of us girls were talking. We said that it'll seem like a lot more packed because it's a little smaller than the other one. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned about Calvin kind of being the same, but does it hurt that there's not the mystique that you'd get from the Breslin Center? Like, Michigan State University is known across the country and, uh, you know, parts of the world as well. Calvin College, not so much. So does it hurt a little bit? I'd say, yeah, it hurts a little bit just because you can say, like, I played at Breslin. People know, like, oh, that's Michigan State. But, like, Calvin, they don't really know where that is. But still good. (laughs) Still finals. (laughs) We're going to keep talking about the the girls for a second and ignore Kate as we uh, continue (laughs) to do. Um, You brought up uh, Haley Helling earlier, and Brett and I had talked about this in the office the other night, um, and how within the first 20, 30 seconds of uh, of that game against Charlevoix, how how impressed I was by her uh, as a freshman bringing the ball up the court and just how smooth and confident she seems out there. Uh, Did she just click with the team right away as soon as she got in? Um, I would say that she clicked with us. She We go to a small school, so everyone knows each other, so it, that helped and played a factor in it. But she clicked with us, I would say, and just knew when to shoot, knew how to play defense, how we played and everything. So she's a big uh, factor in our team. Was it fun taking on Stuck the other night, <clears throat> holding yes. her five points and one field goal? Yeah, it was very exciting. I thought she had more points than that, and then after the game people came up to me and said she only had five, and I was amazed. Jason said, Jason Bradford, the head coach, said that you were your approach was going in there just to be physical but also smiling the entire time. So that you walked over to the bench at one point and said you were going to have a black eye the next morning. Is that true? Yeah, I got hit in the face, like under my eye, and I thought that I was going to have a black eye. So I went over, I was like, Coach, I'm going to have a black eye tomorrow, just so you know. And then ran away smiling to take her on again. One, one question about, about Stuck. More pressure, guarding at least Stuck one-on-one or trying to kick a field goal at Ford Field? Oh, <laughs> at least Stuck for sure. <laughs> Cade, last night um, well, I was actually waiting for Coach Rayless uh, kind of off to the side of the court, and I sort of heard a noise, a commotion out on the floor. And then, I don't know, 30 seconds later you came by 
seemingly upset and threw something in the garbage, and I kind of asked you what happened. Uh, so for our, our listeners, what, what did happen after the game against St. Francis last night? And try to say exactly what you said last night to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so throughout the whole game, I don't know how many times I heard something reference to football. Um, and, you know, you can't take anything away from St. Francis for that. They had a really good football team. They played better than us. They beat us twice. It is what it is. Props to them. But the whole basketball game, you know, cuss words, uh, mentioning how I'm not going to make it at Grand Valley, how every, anything anything they could target towards me every, the whole game. And that happened last year, too. And I've had multiple people, you know, try to get stuff out of me through social media. And uh, so when I went to visit or when I was went to visit, when I went to scout the St. Francis-Frankfurt game earlier in the year with Frankfurt one by one, they had this kid come up and say, hey, I want to get a picture with you. Uh, you're, like, my best friend. And, like, I didn't know the kid, who he was. I still don't know who he is. Um, and their whole student section is just sitting there with all their phones out recording me. I'm like, you can go back to where – you can go back over to your friends. I'm not talking to you. So he left. Same kid came up to me after the game. And, of course – St. Francis, they're going to bring out the football signs. So they had that for the girls' game and the boys' game. So he comes up with this sign, same kid, and goes, hey, can I get a picture with this? Um, and I'm like, no, he is. So I look at the sign, and it's the scoreboard. I'm like, yeah, no. And so I take it out of his hand, and I threw it and like crumpled it and threw it over to the side. And then... They there was like a dispute, and then some of our players and like student section got into it, and then there was like people yelling at each other, and so I just went up there, and I think it might have been Duke went up and ripped the sign in half, um, and I took half the sign, and I was like, you know, really showing a class act. You win or lose, no matter what they do, they're not going not showing class. So I went and threw it away, and then went back and celebrated the team because that's what I wanted to, and then. About an hour later that night, I had a couple people DM me over Instagram pictures and videos of that all happening. Anonymous, of course. They're not going to say their name, but so. I mean, to, to me, it seems like you kept your cool pretty well just taking the sign and throw it in the trash can. Tough to do that in that situation. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's more important that I be able to play the next week than uh, something stupid happening out there on the court, so. I'm I'm still playing and they're not so. <laughs> well, and I wanted to ask you too about that um, because when I was talking to Xander last night, Xander Okerlund, um, after the win, that was uh, 61-33 Glen Lake over St. Francis. By the way, um, you know he he actually said that St. Francis is probably your guys' biggest rivals, which I found interesting because I thought well maybe it has ties to football, but Xander didn't play football, um, so. Maybe just a little insight into: Do you feel that way? Why yeah. are they? Why are they your biggest rivals, even over conference foes like Frankfurt or, or Buckley? Yeah. Um, well, I'm honestly, personally, good friends with a lot of guys from Frankfurt. Uh, we respect each other after you know football, baseball, basketball. Every time you know Matt Loney, Griffin Kelly, Matt uh, Fansky, they're all uh, coming up and saying, "Hey, great game! See you guys next year." Uh, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, Buckley, they're, you know, rowdy community. They have a great support there, but that's still 
their student section and their like students are not like how it was last night. And that's just because when we play St. Francis, it's no matter how good one team is having a season or how the other team is having it, you know how it's going to be. And uh, I've just found that out the first two years I've been here. So um, I would say it's our biggest rival just because it's such a hostile environment whenever we play them, no matter who or who's having the better season, where it's at, what sport it is. It's just so it's always intense. As far as that game goes last night, I mean, it sounds like you guys would have had enough motivation anyway, but uh, I kind of want to clear something up or bring something up because the game wasn't quite over, and I wasn't sure how the trophy celebration was going to go, so I had gotten my camera ready and walked to Mm midcourt, and the game was still being played, and Coach Ruelas turns to me and goes, thanks for the motivation for picking St. Francis. And I said, who picked St. Francis? I, and I, I don't know if you if you know about this, but uh, apparently some, some of your teammates maybe saw our segment with 7-4's uh, Harrison Beebe, and the question was, who did we think was a dark horse in the tournament? And, he, and I'm not sure. I think it might have aired just like – Oh, like I'm, I would watch that? Are you serious? I don't I'm know. Not watch but it. very recently. But we recorded it before the, before the <laughs> postseason even started. But I think some of your teammates might have taken that as we, as somebody, either James or myself, picked St. Francis to beat you guys, and I, I just th- thought that was uh, thought oh, that was yeah. funny that he turned to me during the game and said that. <laughs> well, also you got to think when people are in a game, a lot of emotions are going. I'm sure I've said things that I probably wouldn't say when it's a normal, just you know, walking around. But I personally didn't see that, listen to it. I'm sure the guys on our team just used whatever they could to get some motivation for the game. Uh, whether that was taken the wrong way or not, but, <laughs> which it probably was. But, um, I mean, it helped us whatever it was. So uh, I'm pretty happy that, you know, they took it how they did because it obviously works. Take me through that 20 to nothing run to start the, the, the second half. Have you ever been part of anything like that on the court or on the field or, or anything at all? Um, I would say the only thing that I've been, you know, Similar to that was our comeback versus Frankfurt this year in football, you know, being down by like 20 points in the third quarter and coming back and winning. Um, but that's the first time that's happened to me in basketball, especially a team caliber like uh, like St. Francis. You know, usually they're they're a lockdown defensive team. They're aggressive. They you can't take that away from them. They're gonna you know fight hard for every rebound, shots. They're gonna make everything contested, but. I think it all just started with Xander's confident, you know, hand right in his face and knocking down that shot. I think that really just kind of sparked us. We were like, hey, let's get this done. And uh, we just went on rolling right from there. Allie, you were in the front row of the student section last night. What was that run like for you and and the rest of those watching the game? Oh, it was really exciting because we knew we had it in, like, we knew the boys had it in them to beat St. Francis. It was just going to come down to who wanted it more. So the student section got really rowdy when we were just going on that 20-0 run. The the game against Charlevoix, um, you had a similar run there. That was 15-0. They got up, they got up two nothing on you, and then you scored 15 straight. It was 20 to six after the first quarter. Or uh, did you expect to handle Charlevoix the way that you did in that game? I mean, the entire team it, it was a domination from uh, start to finish. Uh, none of us expected it to be it wasn't easy it was like an intense game but it seemed a lot closer than it was but none of us expected it to be as easy in a way as it was it everyone just played an amazing game either defensively or offensively so 
We talked about the Glen Lake-St. Francis rivalry uh, between them, but there's also a Glen Lake-St. Francis rivalry with the, with the girls as well. Uh, it was last year was the first time, I believe, they had the program had beaten St. Francis and then uh, did it again twice this year. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Um, are they no longer a rival now that you've kind of knocked them down? I would say they're still a rival, <laughs> still one of our rivals. What's it? Uh, what is it like playing in a, a rivalry game outside of the conference? Because there is a difference. The, the conference breeds rivalry no matter what. What is it about having a game outside of the conference that can make it a rivalry? Because um, especially against St. Francis, anyone can win. It just comes down to who has more heart and hustle. So I'd say those games are super intense and just the outcome. Because even though it doesn't really mean anything for, like, the record, well, like, record-wise it does, but... Like, in a conference, it's just insane, the environment and everything. Do you guys give each other tips, like, pointers on, like, if, if oh, so if he's, he's watching you? <laughs> he'll he give like, me pointers. He's like, Allie, bend your knees or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell me, defense, it starts defense <laughs> yeah. all the time. I don't really give him pointers, though. Too afraid. <laughs> <laughs> he is slightly bigger than you. Yeah, he so. can me up. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Ellie, you guys have, uh, yes, I said it again, Brendan. You have uh, St. Ignace in the quarterfinals. You guys had St. Ignace last year, so another rematch, as, as was the Charlevoix game. I mean, they're obviously a power year in, year out. Does last year's win over them and kind of ending the, the run of success they'd had, does that give confidence going into this game, or does that not matter at all? I think it definitely gives our team confidence because we go back and look at their film from last year, and just knowing that we beat them gives us like motivation and confidence that we can do it again. We just have to want it. So Grand Valley State, Cade, is where you're going. Yeah. Allie, are you going anywhere yet? Michigan State. Oh, you're going to Michigan State. Yeah. Okay. Did you sign for athletics or anything no. like that? Just going. So what are you going to study? Um, I'm going to be in Lyman Briggs. So I'm going to study something in the medical field. Okay. So what's the plan in terms of medicine? What are are you hoping to specialize in anything, or do you not know as of not yet? Not really. I know. Okay. I don't know. You're just like medicine. What is there something that motivated you or influenced you to get into the medical field? Um. No, not really. I just like helping people, so I figured that was a good way to do it. So, Kate, I mean, you're going to Grand, Grand Valley next year. What's it mm-hmm. going to be like uh, playing alongside with Matt Stefanski instead of against him for the next oh, few yeah. years? It, it'll be fun because uh, you know, we've gotten to know each other uh, a lot more you know, over this past couple couple years. And, um, you know, it'll be different just because we've been used to playing against each other. Uh, I even played against him, I think, in a baseball game when I was at Lake City still. Uh, so... Um, you know, it'll be different, um, but I'm sure it'll be just fine. We're going to have some fun with it. So, Allie, what would it mean for both of you to win a state title uh, this year? What would that uh, mean <clears throat> to the both of you, to your teammates, to the school, and to the community? Um, well, it's a small school, so it would be nice getting another number back on the banner, and it's just exciting, a good way to end your senior year. Who wins a foot race, you or Drew? Me. I can save me. He's 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 getting better, but I I got I got him. Wasn't he still kind of recovering from the accident? He's still he's actually uh, he's he's been playing basketball. Yeah, yeah he's about he's a hundred percent. He's yeah. you know he's one he's you know gained a lot of good weight. Uh, he's big. He's almost six four. I think he's like two hundred twenty five pounds. So he's 
you know, and he's lifting all the time and working on speed work, and he really wants to go play college football really bad. Um, and with his work ethic, um, he'll be able to do that um, without a question. So it's just a matter of where he ends up going and, you know, what the future holds. He's got to have good grades, too. I mean, I saw he got an mm-hmm. offer from Cornell. Yeah, he got he got an offer from Cornell. So if he can get accepted there, they offered him a spot on the team. And I think, uh, you know, much like me, he's getting recruited by a lot of Mac schools. Um, I know Grand Valley was talking to him, too, so that would be pretty cool if that all worked out. So it's a matter of, you know, what's best for him. And, uh, and that's a decision that he'll have to make and talk to my parents and everything. But that's a ways down the road. For Cade, for you and your brother and – uh, your family. I mean, the the move to Glen Lake. How uh, how have the expectations of what you thought that meant two two and a half years ago uh, compared to what it actually has become now as you uh, work your way through your senior year? Well, I think the first year being here um, all started with football and that deep run that we had. I think it uh, went to show the community and everyone that you know this whole group of athletes here girls guys i mean i think it just helped everything because it went from football guys had good success in basketball girls made a deep run another sixth straight district championship in baseball girls soccer team did well um and all of those just right in a row i think you know led for more motivation this year to say all right let's one up that every sport you know so and girls or guys no matter what the sport is so well, I want to thank both of you for coming in, taking time out of your Saturday, uh, coming into the office. Uh, again, thank you so much. Wish you uh, both the best of luck, uh, both in athletics and in you. Uh, in your romantic lives. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> I know you're just high school kids, but uh, yeah, um, thanks again for coming in and appreciate it. Have a good yeah. one. Thank, thank you. Once again, we want to thank both Kate and Allie for coming in here and putting up with myself. James and Brett were well-behaved. I, on the other hand, was uh, myself, as I always am. And whether or not people like that or find that abrasive or both. You'll always be able to sleep at night knowing you're yourself. Yes. And I will always be able to sleep alone at night (laughs) knowing that I'm myself. That's actually how I was going to phrase it, but I didn't mean it that way. But then you just took it there all by your lonesome. And that, that's how I am most of the time. All by my lonesome. He knows. Most I, of I the time. I didn't hold back that time. All by my lonesome. Um, yeah, how's it? That song, All By Myself, maybe it. You want me to, you want me to sing? All by Thank you. Thank you very much. You have roses. Golf clap. Roses thrown at my feet. Encore! (laughs) Just kidding. Let me leave first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
While my voice isn't good enough for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we do have some athletes around here who are good enough for the Get Around Hall of Fame. Boom, master of the segue. If there is That was really if good. There's a Hall of Fame for segues, this motherfucker's in it. <laughs> right here. My voice sucks. My segue game on point. Let's go ahead and nominate three athletes for the Get Around Hall of Fame. Brett, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Yeah, I'm going to go with Bel Air's Lexi Nepoth. Um, I kind of avoided talking about her a little bit uh, when we discussed Bel Air's first regional championship in program history earlier in the podcast, but they certainly would not have been able to do it without uh, Miss Nepoth, who scored 27 points and hauled in 16 rebounds. She also had a fistful of other statistics, a fistful of other statistical. It's a good word to throw in there. Accoutrement? The Abundance? Achievement? Okay. She also had a, a fistful of other statistical achievements, but uh, it was just a great game for her. They, uh, they won that game in double overtime um, against Roger City, and uh, you know now they're, they're still dancing in high school March Madness. I'm going to put up Kelsey Byes from Kingsley, Kings Girls Basketball. Uh, in the regionals, she just... Uh, put up a couple of good performances for them as they survived a couple of very good teams. Uh, like I said, she erased their uh, second-leading scorer there for, for Big Rapids and, and just kind of opened the door for the Stags to run away with that game um, and has just been one of the best defensive players, I think, around all, most of the season, right up there with uh, you know Savannah Poplinski, uh, Ali Bonzalette, Ridge Beeman on the boys' side. So, yeah, she also had 10 points. Uh, she was one of the players early in the first quarter who kind of started the uh, three-point barrage in the first quarter that gave uh, Kingsley a lead there that they, they never surrendered. And I will put up Gaylord St. Mary's Avery Bevel. I believe this is her second nomination. Both of those nominations, I believe, coming from from me. Uh, game high, 26 points in the... Career sport. high. I'm sorry, yes, career high, 26 points. Not just a game high, a career high. She had herself a career night and did a, had a perfect time to do it you would uh there in the regional championship game they won 51 to i'm sorry that they won 61 to 51 over cedarville uh she is more than just a uh, a scorer and, and in fact a lot of the times uh, she, you know she's not their their biggest score that is often up to alex hunter um, um who, who takes that on but 26 points and uh, I know that she, again, ran the floor extremely hard. Uh, her ball handling skills are incredible. She's got great defense. And um, like I said, head coach Pat Schultz can't say enough good things about her. And uh, that's why I'm putting up for Athlete of the Week. So why don't we go ahead and put things to a vote? I'm going to go with Nepoth. Yeah, I'll go with Nepoth, too. I, I think, am also uh, going think, with I think Bel Air's kind of been, we've kind of upre- underrepresented maybe Bel Air a little bit this season. And uh, need to give them some props. Yeah, I, no, I think Lexi Nepoth is, uh, that's a, a pretty much hands-down unanimous vote right there. No, uh, Again, not taking anything away from Buys or Bevel, um, but uh, Nepoth, a uh, huge performance in that over double overtime win. So congratulations to Bel Air's Lexi Nepoth. You are our latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Let's go ahead and put a pretty pink bow on episode 26 of the Get Around Podcast. Finish things out with... Round three of Sports Movie Madness. We, uh, two rounds in the books, and what, how many more to go? A couple? Four. Four more rounds to go. So four more weeks. Another month you get to hear us talk about movies that 
maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't, and at the very least, you'll you're like, okay, the show is over after the Get Around Hall of Fame. I don't, <laughs> I don't have to keep. I don't have to keep listening to this. But if that's not the case, and you are enjoying Sports Movie Madness, which it seems to be the case, uh, a lot of people out there were getting uh, some good votes, but. Uh, no surprise here. Remember the Titans uh, took down those pesky bad news bears, eighty-two to twenty-five. James, you are you're going to be a little bit disappointed here, and I'm sorry to say that um, your gopher has Rocky, been Rocky, blown up. Rocky, yeah, this is rigged Rocky, though, because you let Brett Rocky, total the numbers. Rocky, uh, it was rigged. It, fake it was, news. <laughs> fake news. Fake polls. Fake polls. Except you can go right there at TCRE Sports and look at the poll. So, yeah, Rocky, okay. 71. That's okay, you guys are both allowed, allowed to be wrong today. Se- <laughs> 71 to 17, Rocky over Caddyshack. So that sets up a a pretty big Sweet 16 matchup with, uh, the, remember, the Titans versus Rocky. That's a brutal matchup. That's so hard. Two movies that I absolutely love, and James doesn't like one and has never seen the other, so... And then, I like Rocky. I just didn't think that that matchup was close. And then here you look at the the next matchup. You had Friday Night Lights, which I'm pretty sure people still think is a TV show. For the love of God, people, it's the movie Friday Night Lights, which is decent. But it shouldn't have beaten Million Dollar Baby 77 to 20 to move on. And I was upset by this next one. You know that, Brett, you were the, uh, the killing joke? <laughs> <laughs> Million Dollar Baby died worse in this poll than she did in the movie. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert, the stool wins. <laughs> we might have actually spoiled that ending on this podcast before. But. Yes, yes we have. And then 42 uh, whooped up on Little Big League. I was a little upset about that. I didn't think 42 was that great of a movie, and I found Little Big League much more entertaining than 42. Uh, but that one 49, I'm sorry, that one 79 to 26. So you have Friday Night Lights versus 42. And so that means that one of those movies is going to make it to the Elite Eight, and I don't really feel like either one of those is in an Elite Eight in terms of uh, the, the sports movies of all time. Does you guys agree with me on that one? Agree, but it happens. That's the madness of the bracket. The madness of the bracket. We got a 16 seed making it to the Sweet 16, and that is Rookie of the Year beating the greatest game ever played by just four votes, 48 to, I'm sorry, 42 to 38. And... James, sorry that your Caddyshack didn't make it, but your uh, Slapshot did. The there's that consolation. The uh, the who are the what's the name of the fucking brothers? The, oh, the Hanson brothers. The Hanson brothers. Yes. Uh, they Not are, the Umbop Hanson brothers. No, the Hanson brothers are going <laughs> up against the uh, Henry Rowan Gardner now. So that's a Rookie of the Year versus Slapshot in, in that one, uh, and then. I'd say no surprise here. Uh, the Sandlot beaten up on Moneyball, 82-22. to 22. And then Harrison's movie, D2, The Mighty Ducks, falling to the blind side, 86-34. to 34. Oh, He's going to be crushed. I think he'll get over it. You know, at least we've said his name more than a few times on this I really podcast. Liked, I really like the, uh, excuse me, I really like the blind side, but I'm, surprised that it ran away with it to the level that it did. Also running away with a win was the Karate Kid over Angels in the Outfield, 78-25. to 25. So Danielson kicking uh, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt's bootay out of the bracket challenge. He swept the leg. Swept the leg, Johnny. Put him in a body bag. Which, how about that, those um, movie tidbits that I tagged you guys in that, what was it, Charlie Sheen was originally cast as the 
the bad guy in Karate Kid, the, well, the kid. I don't remember his. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Johnny. Johnny. Yes. That that Charlie. Put him in a body bag. <laughs> God, yeah, that that kid's face. The one that says "Put him in a body bag." It's the most punchable face in the history of film. Can, but can you imagine? I mean, what, I want to punch him right now. How, how different would that be with Charlie Sheen in that role? I don't know. The The most interesting one, and we're going to talk about this movie right now, is the fact that in Hoosiers, Jimmy Chitwood had four lines. Yeah, that blew my mind. That was like, what? And then I go back and watch it, and I'm like, wow, he, that young man, he, he let his game do the talking. And they were pretty much all in the board meeting, right? And then the last one was just, I'll make it. Yeah. Probably the one of the most iconic lines in sports movie history. So next year when we do, instead of sports movie madness, we'll do sports movie quote madness. That'll be fun. <laughs> You'll have put him in a body bag, go up against I'll make it. So because in this case, you've got Karate Kid going up against Hoosiers. Hoosiers beating up uh, Talladega Knights. I'll make it if you put him in a body bag. <laughs> I'll make it if you put him in a body bag. Send him on over. <laughs> So Hoosier is 93-68 to 68 over Talladega Knights. Uh, our biggest vote-getter, Adam Sandler as Happy Gilmore, 116-21 to 21 against The Replacements. Poor Brett and your Shane Falco-loving movie. Yeah, that, I, you know, I, I kind of figured that, 116 that, to 21. Yeah, that Happy Gilmore would, would win this matchup, but I thought The Replacements would get a little more love than that, but... Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. And what it is is uh, a Sweet 16 matchup against Major League, which defeated Cinderella Man 70-30. to I thought that one would be a little bit more of a runaway than it was. I, I mean, yeah. I, I would pick watching uh, Major League every day of the week and twice on Sunday over Cinderella Man. I mean, that, that's not even a, a, like a choice for me. But Major, we, League is, Major League is one of those movies that when you're just flipping across the channels and you come across it, you just stop and you is, watch the rest of the movie. It it is, is, is it, though, when you're flipping channels? Because I feel like when it's edited, I don't have any interest in watching it. Yeah, no, it's got to be. You need the swears. Yeah, but you know them all. Yes, that's true. You can fill it in. And, oh, that would be one of my favorite... Uh, <laughs> There are so many good ones from Major League, but I'm going to drag them outside, kick the shit out of them. Uh, that one would have to be on there. I think when Charlie, she- when Ricky Vaughn tells the, um, you know, he says, blow me, that one also would have to be on there. I actually want to do this next year. I think it was a great idea, the sports movie quote madness. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Bartender needs a refill. Just a bit outside. Try the corner, missed. You could do so Ball many eight. of his quotes. Ball 12. <laughs> And he's walked the. Oh, I love Bob Euchre. He's a could, national you could, treasure. You could do so many of those Bob Euchre lines from that man. That's why I have Major League going to the championship game in all of my brackets. It's but been, it's been re- Major League versus the Sandlot, and everyone that I filled out. In regards to it not being uh, as big a disparity as you would have thought, though, and we talked about this before we filled out, or, uh, before we had the um, submissions uh, available for for people online. Was that we may not everybody may be thinking, hey, let's fill it out in terms of what movie would I rather sit down and watch mm-hmm. right now? Yeah, there's obviously different ways to look at it. Just I mean, what you know, cin- cinematically, what is the better film? And so someone could be filling, you know, filling out their bracket that way. This is easily the the best of the brackets left. The four movies here: Karate Kid, Hoosiers, Happy Gilmore, Major League. Those are all, I mean, top of the line. No doubt. Sports movies right there. 
Uh, Raging Bull continues on 25-21 against the Longest Yard remake, uh, and will take on the rookie, which has moved on, um, beating any given Another Sunday. Another one of my favorites goes down. Beating any given Sunday, 56 to 43. Here is the. That was a surprise to me. I. I that the I rookie just, one? Yeah, Brett and I both love you know any given Sunday. Well, I think and, the the thing there but, is that uh, the rookie uh, appeals to a lot more people than any given Sunday does. Maybe I mean any, any given Sunday was a rated R movie. Yeah, I'm talking uh, younger to, to older audiences. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah just, it's just kind of a different the, audience. The yeah. votes there, and here closest matchup that we had here. What do we, I'm going to ask you guys? Who won this one? Miracle, Miracle, or Field of Dreams? It was a vote difference of two. I'm gonna say 68. I'm gonna say Miracle one based, based on our 66. Our hockey, uh, hockey lovers in, in the area. Yeah, I'm hoping Miracle one. Miracle indeed. They were the winner, or it was the winner. Uh, 68 to 66. Moving on to play Daniel Rudy Rudiger, which beat a league of their own 61 to 41. So there are your matchups for round three. Remember the Titans versus Rocky, Friday Night Lights versus 42, Rookie of the Year versus Slapshot, Sandlot versus The Blind Side, Karate Kid versus Hoosiers, Happy Gilmore versus Major League, Raging Bull versus The Rookie, Miracle versus Rudy, and, and that's, that's going to wrap that up. Uh, make sure that you vote. Check on Twitter at TCRE Sports to vote in round three, and then also go to surveymonkey.com backslash r backslash the get around three that's surveymonkey.com backslash r backslash the get around and the numeral three we're gonna have a ton of i think a lot of closer matchups this week definitely happy gilmore major league i think that is the closest that's the one that is breaking my heart the most because i love both of those movie both of those movies and i'm not sure which one uh i am going to vote for when this comes around so but uh, again we'll be putting these up and uh, yeah these are going to be Going to be a lot closer. Titans, Rocky, uh, that's huge. Happy Gilmore uh, versus Major League, that's huge. Miracle versus Rudy, I, I think that one. Miracle actually might whoop up a little bit on Rudy. I think you might be right. Based on the voting that we've had so far. But Yeah. Well, that'll wrap up episode number 26 of the Get Around Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just looked at the numbers behind you. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this wasn't a short episode. We had a lot. We had a lot to go through. Longer than all four of nine and tens podcasts combined. <laughs> and hey, this episode hasn't even been published yet, and it has more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you once again for listening to the Get Around Podcast. I have been your host, Brendan Queeley, and as always in the studio with me, Jimmy James Cook, Barry Arturo, Brett Summers, holding it down. Come back next week, more Get Around, and round four of Sports Movie Madness. Thank you. Good night. Good night.